1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen may be seated. Last Sunday, we began a message called Crazy Faith as a part of our series on taking action today for a better tomorrow. And uh, more than a decade ago, Pastor Sue did a message on a Sunday morning entitled Crazy Faith, and we've loaded the audio of that on the app. So I would encourage you to download that and to listen to it and to re-listen to it and to re-listen to it again and again. My father says it's one of the best messages on faith that he has ever heard, and uh, my father and I, we're we're just doing our best with it, amen? And so we're we're taking our time last Sunday today and next Sunday. So we're continuing to learn how to walk in crazy faith, and it's so important in the days in which we're living to live for God boldly in these days, to walk in righteousness and in holiness. To live by faith, not by sight, or by our circumstances, we must have crazy faith. And in the midst of all that has gone on the past two years, our wonderful Heavenly Father, He has blessed us. He has protected us. He has favored us. And a big part of that is the fact that we've had the guts to live with crazy faith. As we learned last Sunday, number one, crazy faith is a proclaimed faith. Just got to get past being shy and bashful, or God forbid, ashamed. You know, in 2022, the world is nuts. The world is crazy. And when you have a young man that can't compete in men's swimming, but he puts on a woman's bathing suit so he can, he can win some swimming races, and the world thinks that's okay, the world is nuts. So I'm not going to feel bad about standing with God and his word. I'm not going to feel bad about believing what the Bible says and having the guts to say what the word of God says. So number one, crazy faith is a proclaimed faith. Romans 10 and verse 8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. So his word 
is the word of faith, not the word of doubt or negativity or unbelief. It is the word of faith, and we are to proclaim it. And notice Paul quoting Deuteronomy says, he reminds us that the word is supposed to be in our mouths. The word is supposed to be in our hearts. We're to have the word of God in our hearts. We're to have the word of God coming out of our mouth. Deuteronomy 30, verse 14. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. So you may live it out. So you may do what the word says. So you, as we ended last Sunday, so you may live life God's way. Kenneth Hagin would often say, I've learned this law, that when I boldly confess, then and only then do I possess. So you have to be willing to say it. You have to be willing to say it out loud. You have to be willing when someone, whether at work or in the doctor's office, says something contrary to the Word of God. You have to be willing to say what God says. You have to be willing to say what the Word says. Or you have to be willing to say what you say in that situation based on the Word. What we boldly confess, we possess. Why don't we say that? Say, what I boldly confess... I will possess. Just at the end of 9 a.m. during the offering, my father shared how when I was born, it was a difficult birth, and I went too long without oxygen, and so later the doctor said all kinds of terrible things. But my father chose not to repeat those terrible things to my mother. She didn't know until years later when he used it as a sermon illustration. So in the moment, it takes great faith, but you have to be willing to open your mouth and say everything is going to be all right, or you're going to be healed, you're going to be made well, you're going to recover, you're going to get the victory, or you have to be willing to say the money will come in, provision will be made. Our confession brings possession, and if you'll confess it, you will possess it. Now, you may not possess it by 3 p.m. today or 6 p.m. tomorrow, but if you'll confess it and be steadfast, you will possess it. The problem is that we live in a microwave society. People want results by 3 p.m. today. They want results by 3 p.m. tomorrow. And so people try God. People try God like they try marriage or they try God like they try a gym membership in January every year. You have to just make up your mind that you're not going to try the things of God, but you're going to live the life and walk by faith. Psalm 116, verse 10, I believed, therefore have I spoken. And what we say reveals what's really in the heart or what we believe. Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Paul, quoting this, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, writes, we having the same spirit of faith, like David. According as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. Say, I believe, believe. therefore I say. I I believe, believe. and therefore I speak. speak. So when you have the guts to say you're the blessed and healed of God, you believe, and therefore you say. When you say that the need will be met, the provision will come, the, the, the contract will close, it'll go through, you believe, and therefore you say. I believe, Therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. That's how our wonderful Heavenly Father brought everything into existence. He spoke it, and we do the same in our lives. So crazy faith, it is a proclaimed faith. 
And as we began learning last Sunday, each, in each of our lives, our answer is in our mouth with the words that we are speaking. Say, my answer, my answer is, in my is in my mouth. Now, if you're negative, that, that could not be good news. But the good news is you can change your mouth and you can change your life. And I think sometimes we think we're positive when we don't realize how negative we are. Now, when I was a little boy and we learned about confession, we had Sony Walkmans in those days. I think in my dad's office drawer upstairs, he still has a little cassette player. And uh, I still have a cassette tape deck in my office, and that's just for when something old gets mentioned, we have the ability to convert it. But it always makes me nervous because that's work, finding it, pulling it, doing it. But you may not have a cassette recorder, but you could, you know, record yourself with your iPhone or something. And I think if we recorded ourselves and listened astutely, we would realize we're not as positive as we think we are. We're not as faith-filled as we think we are. And sometimes we are positive at church, but then we're not positive at home. We're positive at church, around people at church, but when you get in the car after church, you're negative with your husband or wife, or you're negative on the job. And the discipline is to say what the Word says and to walk by faith every day, and not just when we're in church. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And the reality is most people are speaking death. So in your life, you're responsible for what you say. And in your home, you're responsible for the words that are spoken in your home, for what's being watched, what's being listened to, and all of that affects the result that you have. And as we encouraged you last Sunday, be the strong man. Now, Jesus talked about the strong man, but I know that there are those amongst us, there's not a man in the home. So in that situation, you've got to be the strong woman of faith. Be the strong man or the strong woman and teach your family and your children to speak the word. Deuteronomy 11, beginning in verse 18. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That's all the time. Write them on the door frames of your houses and gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. Look at verse 21 in the King James, that your days may be multiplied. You know, the Bible's clear. Old Testament and New Testament, you go a certain direction, your days will be multiplied. You'll have long life and you'll be blessed. Or if you go the other direction, your days will be difficult. Your days will be shortened. You know, the first command with the promise is for a, a child, a young man or woman, to honor their parents. And what's the promise? Long life. And is it any wonder we see the results that we see in a culture of dishonor and disrespect and rebellion? Verse 21, that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Life doesn't have to be hard. Life doesn't have to be difficult. And so often we blame this circumstance or that circumstance on the devil. Or we blame this circumstance or that circumstance 
on the Lord. And I'm not saying that if you walk by faith, there will never be challenges. There will be challenges. But a lot of what people face is the result of what they have believed, what they have said, and what they have done. Now that seems like bad news, but you can turn that around and make it good news. And you can change your life and your circumstances for the better by changing what you believe, changing what you are saying, and changing what you are doing. And you can have, as Deuteronomy tells us, you can have days of heaven upon the earth. You can have days of heaven upon the earth. If you'll live life God's way, you'll have days of heaven upon the earth. If you'll be a doer of the word of God, not just when there's a challenge to overcome, but consistently and faithfully, you'll live days of heaven upon the earth. If you'll say what the word says in every circumstance, you'll have days of heaven upon the earth. Say, say my answer, my answer is, in my is in my mouth. And again, it's easy for us when we have services like this to think, well, man, this, this is the answer for so-and-so. Or this is the answer for your spouse. But your answer is in your mouth and what you are saying. So crazy faith, it is a proclaimed faith. And your prosperity your blessing, your healing, your victory is in your mouth. Say, my answer is in my mouth. Say, my prosperity is in my mouth. Say, my healing is in my mouth. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10 beginning in verse 8. And here in Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul gives us the process of faith. And he's dealing with salvation. But that is the beginning of the Christian life. And this process of faith that he describes, it can be applied to any single area of life. This is how we receive any good thing from God. Romans 10, beginning in verse 8, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. This is why we're, we're clear that just coming to church, growing up in church, doesn't make someone a Christian. You know, there, there are young people, but I, I know by their conduct that even though they're, they're here, that they're, they're amongst us, they've never genuinely been saved. They've never repented of their sins. They've never genuinely given their life to the Lord. They've never have had a born-again experience. It's not just growing up in church that makes someone a Christian. And there are, there are groups, and they, when a child is born, they baptize them, and they, they consider them to be, from that point forward, a Catholic Christian or a Lutheran Christian or a Presbyterian Christian. But that doesn't make someone a Christian. And that's why in the New Testament, every example of baptism is after someone was old enough to be of age to profess faith in Christ. That's why when people come to us and they say, oh, Austin, will you, you baptize my little guy or my little gal? We want them to be old enough to where they know, they can tell us they've repented of their sins. They've asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. They have confessed with their mouth and they have believed in their heart. 
You know, we, we pray over the babies and we bless them, but they're, they're, they're not saved yet. As a father of five, I can testify about the sin nature. <laughs> Telling Emily, stop it. She just looks at you and thinks, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> How are we saved? How are we born again? How are we brought into the family of God? We believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth. That is the process of faith. And that'll work for salvation. And the good news is it'll work for any good thing from God. For healing, blessing, prosperity, provision, a miracle in your family. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Romans 10.13 says for everyone. Say, say everyone. everyone. Who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So anyone can work the process of faith. Anyone can believe in their heart and confess with their mouth. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So the word will work for anyone who works the word. Anyone can believe in their heart and confess with their mouth and be saved, but just as that's true regarding salvation, anyone can believe in their heart and confess with their mouth and be healed. Anyone can believe in their heart and confess with their mouth and walk in the blessing of God in their home, in their family, in their finances, in any area of life. Our part is to hear and to believe and to confess and to take action. Say, say, my answer is in my mouth. Say, my prosperity is in my mouth. Say, my, my healing is in my mouth. And in these days, with all that is going on in the world, all the trouble, everything on the news, you just have to decide that you're not going to be ashamed of God and of his word. Because there, there's coming a day where those that are here and left behind, they, they won't be able to do anything economically unless they submit to the world system and take the mark. So you got to just be willing now to say, I'm not ashamed of God, and I'm not ashamed of his word, and I'm a Christian in dark and evil days, and I'm going to live for the Lord, and I'm going to let my light shine, and I'm going to speak his word. Deuteronomy 11:21, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children, as the days of heaven upon the earth. So you can have days of heaven upon the earth if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And again, that's not just something we can do on Sunday or on Wednesday. It's not just something we can do whenever there's a challenge or a difficulty. As Christian people, it is the way we are to live our lives day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. And the way I was raised by my father, we get a victory in this area, we just go on to the next victory. When we reach this goal, we just go on to the next goal. When we get the answer over here, we just go to believing God for the next thing, whatever that is. We don't stop. We just keep believing in our hearts and confessing with our mouths. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with whose mouth? See, I can't do it for you. And praise God for situations in which the Holy Spirit is manifest, the gifts of the Spirit are manifest. But this is why sometimes believers, they have a miracle, but then they, they lose their victory because they don't know how to walk by faith and not by sight. 
They don't know how to confess with their own mouth to maintain the victory or the blessing or the healing, whatever it is. So this is how we're saved. And if it works for salvation, it works for everything else. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Now we know from Mark 16, and we know from James chapter 5 that hands can be laid upon the sick and they'll be healed, they'll recover. We also, I just mentioned it, 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14, we know that there are the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of healing, and when those are in operation or manifestation, it's easy. Wonderful things happen. But you can also receive your healing with the confession of your mouth. Just in the past week, Jessica reminded me that several years ago, Michaela had quite a few warts. And so we just believed in our hearts and we confessed with our mouths. And we taught Michaela to believe in her heart and to confess with her mouth. We made our confession of faith. We also did what we could do in the natural to help her because, of course, a child, it bothered her. You tell a child not to pick, and what do they do? They pick. You tell them not to pick, what do they do more of? They pick. So any, any parent understands this. And there, there was one in particular that really bothered her and really, was really painful because it was at the tip of her finger, but it was in and under and a part of her fingernail. And Jessica reminded me this week how the dermatologist, nice lady, but she, she had said that those kind are very difficult to treat, very difficult to get rid of. Even if you're successful, they often, often come back. So we just stood firm on making our confession of faith, believing in our hearts, confessing with our mouth, day after day, week after week, month after month. It's been a few years. I don't remember exactly how long it took, but Jessica said this past week, there, there was a morning, Michaela woke up and it was gone. And not even gone like it fell off and there was like a little crater or there was evidence it had been there, gone in such a way that you could never tell anything was there in the first place. Amen. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. But you gotta be willing, as Paul said to Timothy, to fight the good fight of faith. And a lot of people, their challenge is they're willing to try God for a week or a month or two months, whatever it is. You know, they give Satan and the world more time than they give God. So this process of faith, it'll work for anything. Say, say this, repeat after me, say, confess with my mouth, with my mouth. and believe in, my heart. believe in my heart. Say it again, say, confess with my mouth, with my mouth. and believe in my heart. Life is life. There are unexpected bills. There are unexpected circumstances. So you guys got to choose to walk by faith and not by sight. And my father's always saying, the money is coming in. So that's what you have to say. You know, a few weeks ago, I mentioned how, you know, it's been a while. But when it came time for Sophie to be in school, you know, at that point, whatever year that was, I had to get my mind around those new budget constraints and those new budget line items. Well, praise God, we ought to be growing and maturing in our understanding of the word. And I've learned, we walk by faith and not by sight. I've learned, my God shall supply how many of our needs? All of our needs. Well, we've had four here in school. We're about to have five. Glory to God. And, I, and I'm excited. I was excited to sign the fifth one up. Amen. I'm not worried about it at all. Because I, I've learned to say, like pastor says, 
the money is coming in. The money is coming. Well, Austin, there's this, there's that. Have you seen the stack? The money is coming in. The money is coming in. And we, we, again, this is why we say don't look to the job as your source. Praise God for the job. Praise God that it's a blessing. Praise God for a better job, better pay, better benefits. But don't look to the job as your source. Don't, don't look to Uncle Sam as your source. Don't, don't look to Congress doing a gas stimulus for all of us as your source. You got to look to the Lord as your source. And you got to say what the Word says. Why don't we say it? Say, my God shall supply, my God shall supply. all Say all, all, and all means all. All, all of my needs, according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Amen. We lost some of y'all there. It's all right. You got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And again, I understand this is a process for all of it. I, Jessica will tell you, I'm better at this now than I was two years ago. I'm better at this now than I was five years ago. I remember the first time she came and told me what she wanted to do for herself in terms of orthodontics and, and Sophie, and uh, you know, I had to get my mind around it. I had to stretch my faith, but you know, now she'll tell me about this or that or Michaela. Duh, duh. I just say the money's coming in, Amen. and so that's why we're to walk from victory to victory in Christ Jesus, and that's why we're to keep a a list of your answers to prayer and your testimony to encourage you. So number one, crazy faith, it is a proclaimed faith. Number two, you are the answer, and you are the answer because your answer is in your mouth. Say, my answer is in my mouth. You know, you, you might have been hoping for this or that, but you're the answer to what you've been praying for. And it's by changing what you are saying, by changing what you are speaking and declaring. You are the answer. And the reason for that is your answer is in your mouth. Perhaps you've been waiting on God. Perhaps you've been, perhaps you've been waiting on this or that. But friend, God is waiting on you. He has been waiting on you to get into agreement with his word. He has been waiting on you to say with your mouth, say with my mouth. He's been waiting on you to say with your mouth, to proclaim with your mouth, what the word says, because he can only back up his word. He can only bring to pass his word. Hebrews 3 and verse 1. Remember that Jesus is the high priest of our profession. What is our profession? It is our saying the same thing God says. So that, that's what he can back up. That's what he can bring to pass is you getting into agreement with his word and with you saying and speaking his word. Your answer, you are the answer. And you are the answer because your answer is in your mouth. Now, I know it sounds irreligious to say that you are the answer. But friends, so often the problem is not with God. So often the problem is with us and with our confession, our action. So often the problem is with us and with our wrong confession and our wrong action. Now, I know we live in a time where everyone wants to hear so-and-so's the problem. But even if every war on planet Earth ended tomorrow, and even if there was peace and the price of gas went down, that would still not fix all the problems you have because of your negative mouth. 
to walk in victory, to live a life of answered prayer, to have the power of God at work in your life, you got to change what you believe in your heart, and you got to change what you're confessing with your mouth. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. So stop running around looking for the answer. I'm telling you the answer right now. The answer is where? It is in your mouth. Say, my answer, my answer. is in my mouth. You know, my mom, her family thought she had lost her mind when in high school she went on a date with my father and he took her to a holy roller church. In that service, she went down to the altar. Later, she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues. And uh, her parents, they were United Church of Christ. So, of course, they thought she had lost her mind. They thought that she had gotten into some crazy faith. But soon my mom's brother and her oldest aunt and uncle and her grandpa and grandma and her baby sister were all genuinely saved and genuinely born again. Later, my grandpa told my father that my mother's faith had, quote, unquote, infected her entire family. Well, crazy faith, it is infectious. It's infectious, but that's okay. The world is full of fear. And far too many of God's people have been infected with fear. You know, maybe a year and a half ago, I was so heartbroken talking to one of our elders. Of course, she's younger than my parents, older than me. But, but she grew up in a faith home, in a faith family, a faith ministry. But I was so heartbroken talking to her because I realized how full of fear she was. And just as one example, she told me that she hadn't even gotten her car serviced because she didn't want any droplets of COVID to be in her car. And I, I was just flabbergasted by that. And it's one thing for the world and people that don't know God to be full of fear. But it's another thing for God's own people to be full of fear. We're not, we're not to be full of fear. We're to be full of faith. And I, I would rather be full of faith than anything going on in the world. And that, that's what we're here to do every Sunday and every Wednesday, and that's to give you a shot of faith. It's amazing how God's people did everything the world said to do, stayed home, one mask, two masks, three masks, one shot, two shots, three shots, parts of the world, four shots, pastors saying they're, they're for What God's people need is a shot of faith, and not just on Easter and Christmas, Sunday, Wednesday, but Monday morning. You got to give your own self a shot of faith. You got to start the day in the Word and in prayer and with praise and worship filling your home and filling your car and give yourself another shot, another double dose on Tuesday and Wednesday. The world may think we're crazy. And unsaved relatives may think we're crazy. And people full of religion, full of religion, not Jesus and the Holy Spirit, People full of religion may think we're crazy, but meanwhile, in the midst of all of this, well, we're living in days of heaven upon the earth. Say, say, my answer is in my mouth. Crazy faith, it is a proclaimed faith. And it spreads as we open our mouths and we declare, we share the good news. You know, I'm heartbroken by what's going on in Ukraine. I remember being with my father when T.L. Osborne invited us to go with him to do a crusade in Ukraine, in Kiev. And I, 
I remember just watching as a young man as T.L. Osborne would stand at the, on stage at the pulpit area and he would just proclaim the word and people would be saved and miracles would happen. Didn't touch anyone, didn't personally pray for anyone, just proclaimed the word. We don't realize how powerful the spoken word is. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Say, say believe in my heart, confess with my mouth. And that, that's why Satan wants us to be quiet. And that's why the world wants us to be quiet. That's why at public events, there's all this pressure for the, the minister or whoever to pray some generic prayer. That they know the power is in the word. Proverbs 12 and verse 14, from the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things. Say good things. As surely as the work of his hands rewards them. So what fills your life with good things? It is the fruit of your own lips. The fruit of your lips fills your life with good things. Say, my confession fills my life with good things. Now, of course, there are people and they're speaking death to their life. And they're speaking death to their circumstances. But you can speak life to your life. You can speak health and healing to your life. You can speak victory to your life and your circumstances. From the fruit of his lips. Whose lips? I know it's my wife's fault. I know it's your husband's fault. I know it's your fifth grade teacher's fault. So you got to take responsibility for your life, your circumstances, and change what you're saying. Say, from the fruit of my lips, I fill my life with good things. I remember being a little guy, and on weekends, my father would run errands, and I'd go with him to run errands, and I'd, I'd be in the back of his car. And, and I remember that, you know, people come today, and they think that we have all always been this blessed. We were having lunch as a family the other day, and the kids got dessert, and you know, I, I, I could tell my, my father was concerned about us being wasteful, and Jessica pointed out that ice cream's just whatever, dollar, dollar something a person, no, no big deal. But, but I remember when we were children, we, we weren't as blessed as we are now. In the late 80s, their backs were against the wall. It was week to week. But I remember being in the back of my father's car on the weekend with him. He'd be running errands, and he would be listening to Fred Price. In those years, he had done a series on confession, 55 parts, the power of a positive confession. And my, my father would listen to a tape and listen to it and listen to it until he knew what Fred Price was going to say next. And I still remember. So just the other day, someone asked me about some of my earliest memories. Well, one of my earliest memories is sitting in the backseat of his car, running errands, but listening to Dr. Fred Price, the power of a positive confession. And what changed their lives? Their confession. He rehearsed a story recently I had never heard that years ago at I-30, the other location, my mom came up during the week and walked in the office and she overheard employees on the payroll. You know, people who are supposed to be helping, people who are supposed to be making the load, the burden easier, people who are supposed to be helping so the man of God can focus on what's more, most important, which is Sunday morning and Wednesday night. But they were standing around the office and mocking and making fun of my father. 
saying, well, the word says, and then they'd burst out laughing. Horrible. But it shows the power of it. And see, they were, they were mocking it, they were making fun of it, but they didn't realize all along that was their answer. And my parents just faithfully stuck with it. And over time, their lives, their circumstances, the church's circumstances changed. My parents changed their lives by changing their confession. I know the, I know the denominational background that they came out of. See, I, how old-fashioned am I? I'm so old-fashioned, I believe that God heals someone when God actually does it. You know, when I go to the dentist and they do a cleaning, I don't say, God cleaned my teeth. The dentist did it. So what denominational background am I talking about? When, when people go to the world to do this or that, and then they say, God did it. God didn't do it. You look to man as your source. You look to man as your answer. That's why you got man's results. So I know the background that they came out of. And they changed their lives by changing their confession. They changed their lives by getting into agreement with God and his word. You've heard pastors say that they, they reached a point where they just decided if there was anything in the word they weren't doing, that they should be doing, they would start doing it. If there was anything in the word that God's, that God's word was clear about they shouldn't do, they would stop doing it. That, that's just how crazy you have to get. That you're just going to be 100% committed. And so they got into agreement with God and his word. And they changed their lives and they changed the church by saying what the word says. You know, we, we, I've been rehearsing Philippians 4.19 to you. We don't think anything of it. You, you, you could get thrown out of places talking about Philippians 4.19. Get empty places talking about Philippians 4.19. They changed their confession. That's how they've done everything since. That's how the church has done everything since. But it didn't happen overnight. So let that encourage you. Paul tells us Galatians 6.9 at the proper time. Say at the proper time. We'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. In 2004, as an example, my father put post-it notes all over their house with these goals. We'll move into phase one at 287 Eden Road. We'll move into phase one completely built. We'll move into phase one all with all new furniture. See, that, that's crazy. That's crazy. And a big part of blessing is stewardship. You know, when the girls have events for St. Paul's and Jessica and I go and we go to different churches and schools for these various athletic events, part of walking in the blessing of the Lord is being a good steward with what he has already blessed you with. With the husband or wife he's already blessed you with. With the, the family, the children that he has blessed you with. With the job that he has blessed you with. And it breaks my heart when we go to these various events and go to the houses of worship in disrepair. But God can't bless that. He is a good steward. He is a God of good stewardship. So part of walking by faith and walking in crazy faith, you also have to be a person of integrity. You can't believe God to do the impossible while you're not thankful for and grateful for and a good steward of what God has already blessed you with. But one of his goals was that we would move in with all new furniture, and we did. One of his goals was that we would move into phase one with 
1.5 million raised from the congregation, and we did. We exceeded that. One of the goals on that list was that we would move in with more cash on hand than when we started, and we reached that goal. One of the goals was that we would move in with I-30 sold, closed, funded, and gone, and it all came to pass. God did exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. That's the God we serve, but you got to write it down. As Habakkuk says, you got to write the vision down. you got to make it plain. And I know, I, I keep notes on my iPhone, but it's still great to print stuff out and to put it on your bathroom mirror. And I know you can't, some refrigerators, you can't stick anything to them. But if you got a refrigerator, you can stick stuff to it, you ought to do that. Or a place in your car. Write the vision down. Make it plain. Give God something to bless. And he will. You've heard me tell the story of how maybe when I was in junior high or high school, my father took me with him one day and showed me where their safety deposit box was. But in there, he showed me a stack of index cards that he had written goals down over the years. And he told me how over time, God had brought all those to pass. Say, I've got to believe in my heart and confess with my mouth. So you can have days of heaven upon the earth. You can live with days of heaven upon the earth. The miracle is in your mouth. The miracle is in your mouth. Say, say my miracle is in my mouth. So you can have the good things of God's word. You can have the good things of God's word if you will speak it with your mouth. During the meltdown years, my parents disciplined their words. They coached everyone here, everyone on staff to discipline their words. During the COVID insanity of the past two years, they disciplined their words. We all had to discipline our, our words. From the fruit of your lips, you will be satisfied with good things. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, you shall have whatsoever, who saith? You shall have whatsoever you saith. So the answer is in your mouth. The miracle is in your mouth. Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? So you've got to discipline your mouth and your words. Dad Hagen would say that good things won't fall on us like ripe cherries falling off a tree. You got to do something about what you say you believe. So the process of faith is to confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart. And as you confess it, you will possess it. But you got to do that every day. Can't just do that once a year or twice a year, just when there's a need. Got to be consistent and faithful. You got to make your good confession of faith every single day and all throughout the day. Anytime there is doubt or unbelief or the words of Satan telling you that you'll fail or you'll go under or you'll never make it or you'll never get well or you'll die or you'll never achieve your goal. There in that moment, you have to make the good confession of your faith. There in that moment, you have to say what the word says. And as Paul says, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. You got to have a relentless unwillingness to never budge from your confession. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. So you got to know what the word says. Got to be sure and certain of your confession. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12, Paul writes, I am not ashamed for I know 
I know. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So in your life, begin to say what you want. Not what you fear. Not what you're afraid of. Not what you dread. Not what you're worried about. Begin to say what you want. Find two or three scriptures that cover your situation, whatever you're believing God for. Memorize them. Begin to rehearse them. Begin to say them. I, I had to do this myself in just the past few weeks during, during one of the ice days. I, I just wasn't paying attention enough, being careful enough, and uh, I slipped and I, I fell and I, I hit my head hard. But praise God, I'm okay. Amen. Amen. And praise God, it wasn't worse. But, you know, the enemy's right there the entire time saying this or that. And we walk by faith, but it doesn't change the way you feel, not right away. So you got to make the good confession of faith. You got to say, as it's in Pastor's Confession Booklet, I'm the blessed and I'm the healed and I'm the made rich of Almighty God. You got to say, He is quickening my physical, mortal body. You've got to say, the pain is going away. The soreness is going away. You've got to say, there will be no trouble, no side effects, no complications, no issues. You've got to say what you want. Not what you're afraid of. Not what you're worried about. Not, not what the enemy is whispering to you. Not what some negative person might say. And God bless doctors. And part of it, the society, the culture, and lawsuits, it's their job to tell you the worst possible scenario but you don't have to repeat it. Say what the word says. And you got to do that every day until you have the answer, until you have the victory. And when you have the victory, don't do like a lot of people and tell, tell your pastor you're going on vacation and you'll, you'll see him when you have the next problem. That's why a lot of believers never come to the place of days of heaven upon the earth. So you got to commit you got to be all in. You got to choose to live this life 100% committed until you see the Lord face to face. Find two or three scriptures that cover your situation. Memorize them, rehearse them to yourself in the Lord. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 100, verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You determine what's going on in your home. The other night I had read a few stories to Emily and, you know, she, she's still that age where she won't quite sit still. You know, she's slapping the book, hitting the book. And so I, I was waiting on Jessica, so I just put on some praise and worship music. And oh, how it blessed my heart. She was sitting there on my lap and I, she just put her hands up, worshiping the Lord. So sweet, so precious. But you determine what's going on in your home. You, you determine the words being so spoken in your home. You, you determine the atmosphere in your home. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 34 and verse 1, I will bless the Lord how often? At Easter and Christmas. I, I will bless the Lord only when there's a need or an emergency. Is that what it says? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So you've got to rehearse those benefits to yourself and to the Lord. 
Psalm 45, verse 1, my heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. So forget not all his benefits. That's what happens when we recite, we rehearse our verses for the king. And our heavenly father, he wants us to remind him of his word. Isaiah 43 and verse 26, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. You could say it this way, state your case. That's why we say find two or three scriptures to stand on. Let us plead together. Declare them. You got to open your mouth. Say the answer, the answer. is in my mouth. Yeah. Say my miracle, my miracle is in my mouth. In my mouth. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Paul Youngie Cho, who pastored the largest church in the world until he went to be with the Lord, he once said that confession is like a woman being pregnant. You believe, but until the manifestation, you must have patience and perseverance. The woman knows that she is pregnant, there's a heartbeat, and the doctor says everything is fine. But until that woman holds the baby in her arms, she wonders if it'll ever come to pass. The baby just keeps growing and growing, and as time passes, the woman becomes more and more uncomfortable. That's the way the confession of the word is. The world may think you're crazy, but you just have crazy faith. And then the day comes, the baby is born, and the mother holds her baby with great joy, knowing it was all worthwhile. And I've seen that moment, it's wonderful. There's all the pain of childbirth, but once the baby is born, it's just joy, 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 and all the others forgotten. She doesn't have to wonder anymore. She doesn't have to believe or confess anymore. She has her prize. And that's the way faith is. That's the way crazy faith is. You can have days of heaven upon the earth. Now, all things considered, how many months does it take for a baby to fully develop? Nine months. Anything good takes time. But if you'll be faithful and not quit and not give up and not throw in the towel, but stand with God and stand with his word and say what the word says, you will see your dreams, your desires, your visions, your goals come to pass. According to your faith will it be done unto you. Whatsoever you saith shall come to pass. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and perhaps you've never done what the Apostle Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 10. You have never believed in your heart. You have never confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And that's the only way in which we can be saved. That's the only way in which we can be a part of the family of God by believing in our hearts, and by confessing with our mouths. Our Heavenly Father, He loves you, and He has a wonderful plan for your life, but it all begins by repenting of your sins, by believing in your heart, and confessing with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never done that, but I want to. I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to confess with my mouth, that he is Lord, so I can be a part of the family of God, so I can be saved, so I, I can know that I know that I know God is my Father and heaven is my home. If you're here today and say, Austin, I, I've never done that, but I want to. I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to give my life to Jesus. That's you this morning. Wherever you're seated, raise your hand 
Raise it high, raise it clear so I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I see your hands. Thank you. You might also be here today and in a time in your life you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know you've not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing and you have paid the price. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start today. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I, I need to recommit my life. I need to make things right with God. I want to leave today knowing that I have peace with God. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise your hand high, so I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. For the sake of those that raise their hands, you raised your hand for either invitation, I'm going to ask that you grab your belongings, you come forward, you join me at the front. I'm going to pray with you. And no one will think a thing of it. They'll be excited for you. At one time in their life, they publicly confessed with their mouth. And that, that's all I'm asking you to do is what the Apostle Paul wrote about, to confess with your mouth, to publicly confess with your mouth. And so if you raised your hand for either invitation, get your belongings, come join me at the front. We're going to pray. And you perhaps didn't raise your hand, but you know this is for you and God is dealing with your heart. Grab your belongings, come and join me at the front. We're going to pray. Welcome to come. All right, we'll pray. Please bow your heads. Repeat this prayer after me. If you're watching or listening online, say this is for you. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus, he lived on my behalf without sin. And I believe that he took my sins upon himself. He suffered. He died. He paid a terrible price on my behalf. And I believe you raised him from the dead. And from this day forward, he will live in me. I give you my life. I thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. I thank you for filling me with your spirit. I thank you for doing a wonderful work in my life so I can live with crazy faith in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Whether you're here in person, watching, listening online, and that was for you. We want to be a blessing to you if you're here in person after the service out there at guest services. They have a copy of God's Very Own Child, a short book by my father that will help you get started in living the Christian life. You might also not have a Bible. We want to bless you with the Bible. If you're watching online, just go to the address on the screen, fill out a very short form. We'll send you a copy of God's Very Own Child, English or in Spanish. We want to be a blessing to you. And if you don't have a Bible, we want to be a blessing to you. Amen. I hope the message was a blessing, encouragement to you today. You know, pray, praise God for where we all came from, but praise God for where we're headed. And where we're headed is the city of God. 
which totally and 100% lines up with his word. So in, instead of living a life where you're like, well, I'm going to believe this, but I'm not going to believe this or that, better just to get into agreement now. Amen. Yeah. So that when we see him face to face, we're not thinking, well, man, I, I should have believed God in this part of my life. I should have believed God in that part of my life. You know, a pastor was right, but I was skeptical. Better to just get into agreement with his word so you can live with days of heaven upon the earth. And someone out there in the world may think it's crazy, but praise God, I'd rather be right with God than right with the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.